This is the Agent Mind Podcast. Welcome to episode number 10 of the Agent Mind Podcast. I'm your host, TJ McGraw, and I'm an active investor and real estate agent, and I'm on a quest to define the perfect mindset in order to build wealth and live within your passions. Uh, so episode number 10, kind of a milestone. It's a little one, but I'll take it. So as I've said before, uh, the purpose of this show is to you know really document, share these conversations that I'm having with these uh, super smart people. I'm just crushing it out there. Um, it includes people from across many professions, you know, but each is had through the eyes of a real estate professional. So thanks for joining me on the journey. Now, if you enjoy what we're doing here, please subscribe, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, check out the website too, theagentmind.com. Uh, there you'll find a blog, which I know I've been directing you to look at, go check out the blog. Um, it is coming soon. So um, definitely within within a short period of time, the blog will be up and running. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, there are videos up there, previews for podcasts, et cetera. Um, you can schedule a call with me. You can sign up for the newsletter, um, get notifications about the show and events. Um, so anyways, check out theagentmind.com. So before we dig into the show, how would you like to free up more of your time, hand off those mundane admin tasks that slow you down so you can focus on the things that really drive revenue and put more money in your pocket? Well, Reva Global Virtual Assistants can do that for you. All of their skilled assistants specialize in helping real estate professionals with hundreds of tasks. Stop trying to do it all yourself. Have a virtual assistant do it for you. Check out Reva Global Virtual Assistants by heading over to theagentmind.com and click the link, learn more about virtual assistants. So today on the show, we have John Fox. Um, he's a, a founder, a founding partner of Vital Consultants and an EOS implementer. Um, this show here, this episode, is all about building an operating system for your business. There are many different ways to, to organize your business um, and implement processes. EOS happens to be my favorite. It stands for Entrepreneurial Operating System. Um, it's, it's, it is my favorite, um, just because it's such a complete package. Uh, so if you want to take your business to the next level, um, whether you're a single agent or you have a mega team, this episode's for you. Hey everybody. My guest today is John Fox. He's a uh, partner with vital consulting and an EOS implementer. So I'm really excited to, to have him on. Um, I won't spoil it. I won't steal all this thunder. Uh, I can't wait for y'all to hear what, what EOS is and, uh, and the, the book traction, if you've ever heard of that. Um, so welcome to the show, John. How are you doing today? I'm doing excellent. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. So I guess, I guess let's start with, um, with Vital Consulting. You're a partner uh, in the business. So just give us a little bit about what that's all about and what do y'all do? Yeah. So um, there are three of us and we started Vital Consulting in the fall of last year, 2020. Mm -hmm. And it really came, to, to be honest, it, it came from the three of us actually working on a completely different business idea. So we started developing this idea together and the word vital came from that business idea. But then we started talking more about how it'd be really cool to have, you know, eventually kind of an umbrella sort of company that could buy, start, manage um, other companies underneath the umbrella. And the three... All, all three of us were already doing some consulting. And so one partner, he's owned um, a graphic design and marketing company for, for many years now. And he's a story brand. If you're you know familiar with Donald Miller in building a story brand, mm -hmm. he's a story brand certified guide. And so he helps businesses really clarify their message, their messaging and their marketing strategy and helps them create um, email campaigns, nurturing campaigns, and, and all that fun stuff, but can also do the web design. So he kind of acts as a consultant in that, but can also do a lot of the tactical work. Mm -hmm. And then the other partner, a guy named Chris Morgan, he is, he's a finance guy. So he's, um, he's really, you know, an expert in all things, money management for companies and helping them with planning and strategy and forecasting and budgeting and all those super critical things that a lot of a lot of yeah. business owners don't really dive into much. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I tell people he's kind of a, a fractional CFO for companies that don't want to fork out a six-figure salary for someone <laughs> to, to play that role in their leadership yeah. team. And so so the three of us were building this other business. And we really said, you know what, like let's 
let's first start with a consulting company that the three of us are a part of because we already each have momentum in that area. So let's first start, let's start the first vital company as a consulting company and then build out from there instead of trying to, you know, get too distracted and building all these other things and, you know, chasing the shiny stuff rather than really getting what we're, what we're good at off the ground first. Yeah. So that's kind of, that's where that all came from. That's great. So you're, you're kind of a, a one-stop shop for someone who is in business for themselves and they need some help with marketing, financing, or the financial aspect of it. And then of course the, the operating actual operation. Of the yeah. Business. So you know, I, I tell people we, we help business owners with the, the three most important and usually most difficult parts of running a business, which is mm-hmm. money management and marketing, the, the three M's. Yeah. So um, yeah. So, and we still act fairly independently. Um, but the idea was for us to be able to create a team where we could really act as internal, re- an internal referral engine for each other, because I'm working with clients where conversations come up about marketing strategy and about mm-hmm. finances and goals and profits and like all this stuff. And so it's a very seamless way for me to introduce my partners. And it's totally different for me to say, you should meet with a partner of mine rather than I have this friend. Right. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I know this guy. Yeah. No, that's great. So the, so the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I I think I heard you say that you, this is a, a company that you all got together to, this is a starting point, but you plan on expanding by, by purchasing other companies. Is that correct? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think to, just to be completely honest, like a lot of that's still unfolding and right. being developed, mm-hmm. but that was the idea is, you know, taking, taking the skill sets that we have mm-hmm. and buying or starting other businesses Mm-hmm. and utilizing and leveraging what we know to really help those businesses grow and, and see an increase in, in profit and health and mm-hmm. all those types of things. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're still unfolding a lot of that. Yeah. Trying to figure it out. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, what are we, uh, you're a year in now, so. Yeah, no, well, not even, yeah, like six, yeah. seven months. <laughs> so we'll let it slide if you don't have uh, anyway, thing. I appreciate full, that. <laughs> full on. You got the, the basic you know, vision for it. So that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely the where to start. That's where everybody needs to start really. So, so cool. Well, I'm really excited about having you talk about EOS and traction and what that's all about. So give us, give us the, um, the, the, the skinny on what is EOS and, and then maybe how, how like you got into it and, and how you've seen it help uh, or how, how it's helped you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just kind of go from there. We'll start there and then we'll kind of move on into more implementation stuff. Yeah. So I, I learned about EOS through the book Traction. Mm-hmm. I, um, I ran my own contracting company for 11 years before I became a consultant or coach or whatever word you, you want to use. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ran my own company for 11 years, with started it with a partner back in 2008. And then I you know, we used a couple of different coaches and consultants along the way and really just made a massive impact in our business and in my life. And so in 2018, in the fall, um, I just started feeling this pull and this call to a totally different direction in life. And to be frank, it was very disrupting to everything that I was planning on. And um, (laughs) so I told my business partner, I was like, man, I've got to I'm supposed to transition out. I don't even know what I'm going to do yet. I just know I'm supposed to transition out into a new season. He supported me. And so now it's like, well, what am I going to do? So uh, my wife always told me I should be a business coach because I love business and I love people and networking. And um, I'm just the kind of person that just, I can't stop adding value to people and and just Mm -hmm. giving. And and so I've been doing it already for years and years. I just haven't gotten paid for it. And um, so I decided to start a coaching business. There's there's little risk, you know, there's no upfront capital needed. I can go find a client tomorrow if I want. And so Mm -hmm. I just decided to give it a try. And uh, it's been about two and a half years. It's been phenomenal. But um, during my transition, the coach that I was working with, he's more of a personal coach. Mm -hmm. He was helping me kind of navigate and process and digest a lot of the different options that I had available. So he gave this book to me, Traction. Mm -hmm. I read it. And my mind was blown and I was like, oh my goodness, where has this book been all my life? Like it was one of those moments (laughs) 
where I literally was kind of mad because I was like, if my company had had this four to five years ago, we would be double the size that we, we are yeah. um, way healthier. So many decisions we never would have made. We would have been way more focused. We would have said no to so many opportunities. Like, like the business just would have been drastically different. Mm-hmm. And so I, I came to realize like this system, the EOS system is, you know, if business can have a love language, like, EOS is my love language. And so I read the book and I, I found out they have a community of people called EOS implementers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, like this is what, this is what I need to build my coaching business on. So I learned more information, started getting involved. I signed up and uh, it's, it's been so, so amazing and so much fun. Yeah. So, and the, the great thing about it is like, it's this framework and we can get into more of the details, but it's this mm-hmm. framework where it, it takes the guesswork out of building a business for people. And, and honestly, like it, it requires less of my personal experience and knowledge in coaching someone. And it puts me in a position where I'm more of a guide. Like if I can just help you implement this framework, I know the process itself is going to make you successful and it's less dependent on my knowledge and abilities. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't have it, but it's less dependent and that makes me a lot more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Plus it's coming from that person. It's it's all right. It's coming from their mind and their that's of course much more you're much more motivated when when it's coming from you and you're really behind it and believe in it. Yeah, so, exactly. So yeah, so EOS stands for what? So EOS stands for the entrepreneurial operating system. Mm-hmm. So it is a I mentioned it's a framework and I I like to use the analogy of uh lattice in a vineyard. So, you know, you've got these vines, grapevines that start growing and, and everything. And at some point, the, the vine, if it doesn't have something to latch onto, it'll just fall over and die, right? right? So a framework is something for your growth to latch onto so that you can continue to grow and scale in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And EOS is an operating system. It's a framework that allows um, you to have context for everything in your business so that as you grow, you have a framework to latch onto. Mm-hmm. And so it's uh, what, what it does is it bril- brilliantly divides your business into six key components. So you have the vision component, mm-hmm. the people component, the data component, the issues component, the process component, and the traction component. And the fundamental belief is that Every business out there has 140 issues at any given time, Mm -hmm. right? There's issues out the wazoo in every single business, no matter how small or how big. But the the belief is that the more that you strengthen each of the six key components of your business, the more that the, the root issue falls into place. It falls into line because you're solving the root problems Mm -hmm. of those, of those issues. And so um, that's how your business gets better is by strengthening the six key components. And so what EOS does is it doesn't, doesn't just give you the, the six key components, but also provides simple, practical, real world tools that help you strengthen each of those components successfully. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so let's talk, let's talk about, um, I know, of course, this, is, this can't be a implementation coaching session by any means. But just give us the the summary, I guess, of of each of the the six. So starting with the vision, I'm in I'm in the book right now. I'm just wrapping up that my VTO, which we can talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I'm really excited to get into to the rest of it. I've kind of skipped ahead a little bit before I finish my VTO, just to kind of skin, <laughs> but because I'm so excited about reading the rest of the book. Um, but let's start. I mean, there. honestly, honestly, I tell people to just read through the book first. Yeah. And then go through it a second time and start doing the work. That makes sense. That, that way it gives you it gives you the overall context of what you're what you're going after. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's what I was doing, is kind of peeking ahead just to see. Yeah. You know, where peek around the corner a little bit, see what was happening. So right. So so tell us what what's what's what is a VTO and why is it important and, and why are we starting there? Yeah. So the vision component, the, the VTO is one of the tools or disciplines in the vision component. Mm-hmm. And the vision component is all about clarifying who you are, where you're going, and what the, the plan is to get there. 
And it's, you know, I, I use this, uh, this imagery, I, I think it talks about it in the book Traction as well, of everyone on your team rowing in the same direction. Mm-hmm. So imagine that you've got 10 people in a boat, right? And they've all got paddles. Mm-hmm. Well, if everybody gets in the boat and they just start working, I mean, they're just working like crazy. Like they're sweating because they're paddling so hard. Most of the time, that's the thing that we reward. We're like, right. good job. You guys are working so hard. Yeah. But you can literally have everybody <laughs> rowing as hard as they possibly can and not move the boat at all mm-hmm. because they're not rowing in the same direction. Or spinning so, circles. Yeah. Yeah. So the vision component is all about alignment. It's all about agreement and everybody sharing the same picture mm-hmm. and strategy for what you're wanting from this business. Because if, if I walk into a, the average company and I ask five random employees, what, what does this business look like in three years? Mm-hmm. What, is, what, is, what are the three top priorities right now in this business over the next 90 days? I can pretty much guarantee you, I will get five completely different answers. And that's because vision is not something that is tackled, thought through, but more importantly, passed down and shared among all the team members in the company. It's one thing for the the leader or the owner to spend a few hours putting something together. It's another thing to have agreement and alignment throughout the whole business so that everyone's rowing in the same direction. So that's what the vision component is designed to do. Mm-hmm. And it is amazing how much clarity and momentum um, can come just from doing that one exercise, the VTO. The, v- the VTO stands for the Vision Traction Organizer. It's just a, it's a, it's a document with eight simple questions mm-hmm. that when I work with a client, I walk them through with exercises and questions and everything to really extract um, where this business wants to go and how it's going to get there. So in most of the time, like business owners have something in their head. They have an idea of what they're wanting from the company, but when you're forced to write it down and to be specific and to have smart goals and like actually pick mm-hmm. numbers and have your leadership team involved, like it is a totally different animal when you're yeah. forced to go through that process. This is a game changer for sure. Yes. Let me, let me ask you this though, because, um, I think some people listening, and I know I kind of thought this when I first started hearing about the, the vision before I started reading the book, how is it different than just like goal setting um, or like, like, a, because, you know, every company has a strategy meeting, or at least they should have some kind of strategy planning, maybe once a quarter. How is that different than, than the, the typical, you know, goal setting um, that, that companies do? Well, I guess, you know, I think typical goal setting may not, I think it's maybe fairly subjective, Yeah, but But I would say that if you're, if you're taking time to, to do goal setting Mm -hmm. and you're being intentional, like that is a, that is an amazing thing. And like, that's something that still a lot of entrepreneurs don't do. Mm -hmm. So if you're taking the time to, to goal set, then like kudos to you, like keep, keep doing that work. Um, the VTO where that comes into play is that it also helps you with um, other things. Like it asks you, what are your core values? Mm-hmm. What, what are, what's your core focus? Like, what is the sweet spot of the organization? What, what, how are we going to define that so that it filters out all of the other things that we could get distracted by? Yeah. Um, what is your 10 year target? What's that long range, like revenue goal or the number of projects that you want to have completed or the number of clients that you wanted to have that year, whatever it is, like, what's the long range goal? What's your marketing strategy? Mm -hmm. Like who, who's your target demographic? Um, What, what is your message? Like how, what are the three things that make you stand out from your competitors that you need to say to them every time you're in a consultation to Mm -hmm. make sure that you're communicating how you're different? Do you have a proven process? Do you have a guarantee? That's kind of the marketing strategy. And then you start breaking it down into, okay, let's, let's go down to three years. What does the three-year picture look like? Let's start predicting revenue and profit and measurables. And let's paint a picture for what we want the business to look like. Now let's drill it down to one year. Let's create a one-year plan with three to seven smart goals that are non-negotiable. Like these are not things that you would like to do. These are things that you are deciding to do this year that are life and death. Then let's break it down even further into 90 day. Like that's where you start gaining the real traction mm-hmm. is shortening the interval, right? Because yeah. many people have 12 month goals, but 
But when you have a 12 month goal, you might as well have no goals because yeah. Yeah, you're, either forgetting, you're either going to forget about it because it's not relevant anymore, or right. you're going to wait until November 15th to start working on them. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. There's plenty so, of time where you got 12 months to do with them. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. And the reason I asked you that is because what I had, I've always been big on writing down goals and, and you know, working towards getting them. And then I would realize that I wouldn't reach some goals and I would reach other goals and I couldn't really figure out what was going on, you know, cause I, I felt like I was working towards goals just equally um, mm. for manner of speaking, but actually going through the VTO and writing down the, the values or what I actually value, what I want the, my business to value. And then just going through that, that those eight mm. questions, I started to realize that some of the goals were not, they weren't my goals. They're what I thought mm. should be my goals. And then really writing it out and getting into it and, and getting into the details of it. I realized that some of the goals that I, I had no business even having as goals for the business. And it was take, it was a distraction rather than being mm. like a laser focus. So mm-hmm. that's, that's, um, it, it's definitely a great, a great tool. I mean, if you do nothing but the vision tracker, I mean, I may be speaking a little early cause I haven't quite finished the whole book yet, but if you do nothing like that's, that's going to give you so much clarity, as you said, of how moving your business forward. It's just, I, I can't, I can't. Uh, well, I tell my, my clients, you know, when they go through, you know, we go through this process and this journey together when I implement EOS. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes the first 90 days, like a lot of their goals were not hit. Mm-hmm. And it's, that's a, a teachable moment. And I tell people that there are typically two primary reasons that someone doesn't hit a goal. It's either bad predicting or a lack of accountability. Mm-hmm. And many times, like you mentioned, like there's just bad predicting, like you're, you're not thinking through with tons of clarity, what actually is important right now. Mm -hmm. Um, But predicting is a muscle that the more you do it, the stronger it gets, the better you get at predicting. And that's one of the things that I really help clients get better at is like becoming better predictors. But the other side of that thing, the other side is the accountability. Like if you don't have people who are, you're coming face to face with every single week, who are asking you if you're on track or off track on your 90 day goal, mm-hmm. then it's, it's hard for anyone to stay focused on it. Yeah, so. most definitely. That is important. All right. Then the, so let's move on to the, to the people. Now. Yeah. So people um, you cannot achieve a great vision without great people. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just, that is the truth. And I have realized from working with many companies now that 80% of people's problems in businesses come from the people component. And so what EOS teaches is that there's really two different disciplines here. There's the right people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. So right people means that the, the person shares your core values. So if you did the work in the vision component to really define your culture. Like who are the types of people that we want to surround ourselves like what what is the culture going to be like in this business now we want to hire fire review reward recognize people based on those core values it's not this thing that just hangs on a on the wall as a plaque that's like a checkbox like yeah we have our core values now no like this is an applicable thing that you're using every day in the business and one of those is finding people who fit your core values Mm -hmm. so getting the right people And that's the problem is most businesses don't have a way of identifying whether or not someone is the right person. They use uh, hunches and Mm -hmm. gut feelings and emotion and subjectivity. And, you know, they they interview someone and they're like, this, this person feels great. Let's pull the trigger and let's hire him. But like, based on what (laughs) you just feel good about him today. Like, yeah. You get, so, you, you get along in the interview and you both like baseball. So he must be a good exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but the other side of the coin is you want the person in the right seat. So the right mm-hmm. seat means that they're actually equipped to do the job that you're asking them to do. And so they've got to get it. They've got to want it. And they've got mm-hmm. to have the capacity to do it. The GWC and the two, the two people problems that businesses run into the most are you've got, either the right person in the wrong seat. Mm-hmm. So you love the, the people, they share your core values. They're great to be around, um, but they suck at their job. Like you, you can't, you obviously can't have that. 
Yeah. Um, now, if you've got if you've got a team of seventy five people, then oftentimes you can find somewhere else to put them in the company that makes sense. Mm-hmm. The other people problem that people run into is you've got the wrong person in the right seat, which means that they hit their numbers, they're amazing at what they do, um, super qualified, tons of experience, but they're toxic, they're arrogant, yeah. they're jerks, um, they show up late, like they're they're terrible to work with, they're irre- <clears throat> irresponsible, they've got character flaws, like. Mm-hmm. You can't have that either, and those those are the harder ones to deal with, I think, because yeah, I was about to say that it's it, it's because I've I've had those employees, and you're just like ah, it's like you want to, and and most of them that I've dealt with have the well, like I'm hitting my numbers, I'm the best employee you got, so exactly. you, gotta, you have to take it. It's like, and it just it your the word toxic is is perfect because that's well, you end up getting toxic. held hostage in your own business exactly because of your employee exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a. A, a, not a great situation to be in. So being able to identify hire smart and, mm-hmm. and fire quick. Yeah. So if you read traction, there's two super practical tools, um, the people analyzer and the accountability mm-hmm. chart that mm-hmm. help you to have a more objective black and white approach to whether or not you have people uh, who are the right people in the right seats. So I would encourage you to, to read that. Um, yeah. It's really, really good stuff. Most definitely. Cool. That, it reminds me of um, who wrote who are good to great Jim Jim Collins. Jim Collins. Yeah, yeah. I know he talks a lot about that. Um, be, having the 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 bus and the right people in the right seats on the bus. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think yeah. the concept came from Jim Collins. Yeah. It's a, it's um it's so simple to mm-hmm. as a concept, but it's it, in application. It's kind of it's it's a, it's a little bit tough. So you, mm-hmm. you got to be diligent about it for sure. Right. Yeah. So, right. So what's the, what's the next, the next one? I don't have them all memorized in order. So the data component. Okay. Data. Yeah. So data um, is all about measuring the success of the business by numbers and Mm -hmm. not feelings. And um, you know, from, from being a business owner myself for 11 years prior to coaching, man, that's, it's so easy to show up to work that day and your mood, like literally, like the mood that you woke up with can determine how you feel about the business. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> right? Most and definitely. so we want to get away from that. We want to have a, a scorecard. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the tools that I help clients implement is what are those five to 15 measurables that you want to look at every single week mm-hmm. on a weekly basis that really give you a pulse on how healthy the businesses at any given time, like you're looking at the right numbers um, every single week. And what that does is it helps you to see red flags, uh, Mm -hmm. patterns and trends in the business that you never would have seen before. You can start seeing things arise that you can solve before it becomes a major problem. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, the scorecard is invaluable and really gives you that pulse in the business. That's the data component. Yeah. And it, I, I'm going to go go sidetrack for for a moment here and talk about um, like indicate leading and lagging indicators. I know a lot of people, a lot of business owners or a lot of solopreneurs that I know they they're always kind of looking in the rearview mirror. So, like how how effective is that? And if you're and how much should we balance looking at leading indicators, meaning like the things the tasks you do every single day mm-hmm. that don't necessarily have a result right away, but you know that if you do them, you're going to get the results mm-hmm. to look at for the lagging indicator. I think someone said to me once that success is a lagging indicator, which is right. pretty true. So what do you, what do you think of the core? Like how, how should we balance that? Like, cause I know you need to look in the rearview mirror to kind of see where you were, but you don't want to, you can't drive looking in the rearview mirror the whole mm-hmm. time. So. Yeah, no, I would 100% agree with that. I think, and I think you have to have a balance between the two in your scorecard mm-hmm. um, because you do want to know, um, I've heard someone say one time success is about doing the right things consistently over time. Mm -hmm. And the problem is like knowing what the right things are. So having the, the leading indicators there are going to help you know, are my inputs healthy? Mm -hmm. Am I doing enough of the right activities to make it successful? But then the lagging indicators are there to tell me if, if those things are actually working. Right. right. So if my, if one of my leading indicators is uh, website traffic, unique visitors on my website, 
mm-hmm. um, then I should be able to have a, la- a, a lagging indicator that's the number of phone calls that we had that week right. or leads that came through the website. Like you should be mm-hmm. able to know if those, if those leading activities are producing lagging results that are desirable. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Cause that's some, I just wanted to make sure to kind of hit on that because it's yeah. oftentimes it's, it's, you know, people are driving down the road. They're not looking through the windshield. They're looking in the rearview mirror and it's really, <laughs> it's really tough. Yeah. Very dangerous. So, so that's awesome. That's All right. What's after data? So, yeah. So issues is next. So the, the, mm-hmm. the belief is that if you're, if you're focusing hardcore on vision, people and data, what that's going to do is that's going to smoke out a ton of issues in your, in your company. You're mm-hmm. going to start realizing all of the things that are not working because you've clarified your vision, what you want the people set up to be, and mm-hmm. now your numbers. So having a way of recognizing, acknowledging, and actually documenting what your issues actually are is a skill set and it's a culture that you want to create in your business. Mm-hmm. And so you want people to go from the mentality of issues are bad. Don't talk about them. Those create conflict and confrontation. Like let's avoid them at all costs Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. issues are that's the roadway for us to make the business better. And the more issues that I can bring to the table and put on a list, the better, because these are all the ways that we can instantly make our company better. Yeah. And so it's really changing the mindset, but then, you know, you've got to have a way of solving issues. And that's a problem is a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners They've got all these issues living in their head, but it, and they may get together with other people in the business and just discuss the heck out of the issue. But how often are we identifying the root cause of the issue and actually mm-hmm. coming up with a viable solution that knocks it down forever? Yeah. That's what you have to do well. And that's what the issues component is all about is giving you the tool of IDS, which is identify the root, discuss, and then solve. Mm-hmm. And so really getting, um, disciplined and um, excellent at understanding what the issues are, not being afraid to list them, and then getting good at solving them is a huge part of, of experiencing momentum in the business. Yeah. It's, it's a, I was having this conversation the other day and, and um, it, it, we compared it to like having surgery or just, you know, having putting band-aids on things. So right. it's, like, it's really such a big difference. The band-aids are never going to fix it. And you're always going to need more and more band-aids. But if you can get to the, the root and just fix it with the surgery, then you're, you're good. Right. Well, it's like, okay, Susie is showing up 15 minutes late to work every day. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's say that's an issue on your list, mm-hmm. right? Your leadership team is discussing this issue. Well, is it, is it that she's a, not the right fit for the company? Is it a people issue? Is it a process issue? Is it a a management issue has the, has her manager, has her direct report clearly communicated expectations a few Mm -hmm. times, right? Like there could be five different root issues. And unless you identify what the root actually is, like you said, you're going to constantly be solving the symptom and not the root. Right. Exactly. That's a good way to put it. The symptom for sure. Yeah. All right. What's, what's the next, what's after issues? After issues is process. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a hard one for people. And, you know, I feel like a lot of business owners, they understand the concept of processes, but it's a fairly subjective thing. Like, does that mean that I, I just write a couple things down on a napkin? Does that mean that I have an 800 page SOP manual that sits on a shelf and collects dust? Does it mean (laughs) that I have to use a, you know, something online? Like what is, what does a process mean for me? And so, EOS, first of all, says like you have to run your business by processes because that's what makes things um, scalable, sustainable, more fun, you know, just getting the right people doing the right stuff at the right times, all that. And so the way we handle that is we, we take a very entrepreneurial approach to process documentation. And we, we say we want to document the 20% that gets someone 80% of the way there. So instead of feeling like you need to iron out every single detail, which I think honestly is the thing that keeps people from making processes to begin with is it's a super intimidating thing. And it's like, well, if I, if I spend three weeks documenting all my processes, then what if like, are they just going to change the next day? 
is anyone ever even going to look at them? Is that just going to be three weeks of wasted time out the, out the window? Mm -hmm. And I get it. But if you take a 2080 approach, then you start looking at your core, your handful of core processes, you know, my accounting process, my marketing process, sales, maybe a couple of operational processes, customer service. And you say, what are those high level steps? Like step one, like where does this process start? Let's list that. What's a few bullet points underneath that one that really kind of helps expand what's involved in that? What's step number two? A few bullet points. What's step number three? And so when you start looking at it at a high level like that, it makes it a lot easier to tackle. And it's a great way you can go back and innovate that system over time as you start recognizing issues in the, the business that are tied to that process. Yeah. So it's a it's a, a very daunting thing for most people, but I think when you simplify it, it's a lot easier and more fun. Yeah, most definitely. Like with a lot of things, <laughs> once you <laughs> simplify it, <laughs> I know I can overcomplicate things by just overthinking and and yeah, you know, just getting inside my own head. But just starting, just starting to get your processes out, I think, you know, and, and not being uh, so rigid. Like if you if you you spend an hour writing out one process and then you bring it to your team and they're like, Oh, and they're making tweaks to it. I think it's being flexible and open to really get to the root you mm -hmm. know, of, of what's going to move the needle. Um, yeah. And I think the truth is too, you know, everyone is already using the process. If it's mm -hmm. not documented, you're still using a process. It just lives in your head mm -hmm. in it's routine, but just getting it out of your head and on paper and other people also agreeing like, yes, this is the way that we want it done mm -hmm. is really, really healthy. And putting it on paper actually forces you to analyze whether or not that's actually the best way of doing it. Yeah. You, you, you may have a ton of clarity about other creative ways to do that very same thing just by going through the process of documenting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. It's, it's all the whole process with it with traction is just to to get things out of your head onto a piece of paper get agreement and then yeah. from there we could talk about scaling you know mm -hmm. after that but that's really what i'm excited about uh, mm -hmm. to be doing with it for sure for sure Was, are we at are we at traction now do we get to yeah so the last key component is the traction component um this is probably my favorite mm -hmm. um and the two, the two tools that we use in the traction component, well, I'll first say traction is all about momentum, experiencing positive momentum. And if you look at the EOS model, it's a circle and the vision component is at the top and the traction component is at the bottom of the circle. And the reason is, is because um, it's the traction component is all about bringing the vision down to the ground. And so we have a saying in the EOS community that's, that goes like this, it says, Vision without traction is hallucination. And it is so yeah. true. Like, you know, you can have the most grandiose idea of what you want from your business. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a way of executing day in and day out with high level accountability and prioritization and focus, like you will, you will not accomplish your vision. You just won't, you have to have a way of executing. Mm -hmm. And that's the way, that's what the traction component does. And it does that through two different things. One is having 90 day, what they call rocks. So a rock mm -hmm. is a 90 day priority. And so it comes from that, um, the elementary school exercise where you know, you've got rocks, pebbles, sand and water beside an open cup. And the question is how do you fit all of them in the cup? Yeah, And so you have to put the rocks in first and then the pebbles and the sand and then water in, in order for it to all fit. And what happens most of the time is the sand and the water, all of the day-to-day minutiae and the things that come up, the fires that you've got, you have to put out, you prioritize all those things. And then those major priorities you never get around to mm -hmm. um, or even identify. And so the yeah. rocks are those three to seven life or death 90 day priorities that must get accomplished for this business to continue moving forward in a healthy way. And just going through the process of actually identifying them, focusing on them and having accountability for knocking them down. You, mm -hmm. I mean, all of my clients, they say that that's the, one of the number one things that helps them to grow is by having that clarity. Yeah. And then the second part of the traction component is the, the weekly level 10 meeting. So 
um, it's, it's shortening the interval again, right? And having a weekly leadership team meeting, um, or if it's just you having a leadership team by your, you know, meeting by yourself or whatever it's, but that's where you're looking at your scorecard. You're looking at your rocks. You're checking in with your people. Are you on track or off track? Um, are there, what are the issues that we need to discuss this week? So obviously there's a, a, a very specific structured method to it all and an agenda that I teach my clients, but yeah. Having the weekly level 10 meeting and the 90 day rocks, you, I guarantee if you just do that one thing, you will experience so much growth. Yeah. Yeah. It it makes so much sense because I definitely, and I know I'm not alone in this, you know, things come up and things hit your desk all throughout the day. And a lot of it is the sand and the water and the pebbles. Yep. And and it's, I get to the end of the day. It's like, man, I was so busy today. And you look back and you're like, I don't really know what, what I got done, what I accomplished. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's exactly what, you, what you're talking about there. It's, it, it's huge. And, and to have a way to take from, from your vision, you know, prioritizing your goals and then having actionable things that you know you need to work on every day. And those are the things that have to be done. And then everything else, everything else will fall into place after mm-hmm. that. Well, that's it's a, it's a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I tell some people, if you have a meeting with a client for two hours, mm-hmm. right? Or you have someone, you know, wanting to buy it, buy or sell a house and you've got an appointment mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. If you get phone calls from someone else, what do you do? They go to voicemail. Mm-hmm. Like you say this, what I'm currently doing is more important than taking this call. Right. So you, you have a choice to say no to something else for something, for something that's more important. Mm-hmm. And when you have 90 day rocks, that's what you're doing is saying, I'm committed to doing this, even if it means saying no to other things that are mm-hmm. also important. Yeah. And that's a, in, it, it, being in the real estate space. A lot of people are people pleasers and they, they mm-hmm. love people and they get into the business because they want to take care of people and please mm-hmm. people. And that's, that's a tough thing for a lot of agents is the, the, the disease to please. I had a, one of my mentors used to say, the disease to please will, if you can't say no, mm-hmm. then you're, you're not really going to be, you're not really going to serve anybody at a hundred percent because you're trying to serve too many people all at the same time. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's yeah, that's a, that's a, that's huge. And I know it's, it's something I, I've, I, I'm sure that I will continue to struggle with and something that I definitely have to keep in the forefront mm-hmm. of my mind um, is, is saying no. And, and also the other side of, we really haven't talked much about is the, is your, your, your personal life, whether it's your family life or your, your own personal time, mm. like you, you need to be able to take care of those rocks during your, your business, your allotted business hours or whatever that may be mm-hmm. so that you can have, and it will actually free up more time mm. for you to focus on the things that are, that are meaningful um, outside of, of, of work. Cause you can't, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer and you need, you need a um, not necessarily work-life balance. I'm not sure if that's ever possible um, at any one given time, but, but having the, being able to turn off and recharge and then mm. dive back in. So. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's so funny. Like when I, when I walk people through the exercise of setting their rocks, like, mm-hmm. cause when I work with my clients, I'm meeting with them for an entire day, me and their leadership team. Mm-hmm. And so part of that, the agenda for that day is to set rocks. Right. So when I go through that process, you know, they all take, five minutes and they write down a list of everything they can think of that might be a priority for that 90 day period of time. Mm-hmm. And then I go through and I have them tell me all of them. I list them all on a whiteboard. We've got 35 things listed that the, this leadership team has said is a current priority. Right. Yeah. So then <laughs> I force them to whittle it down to three to seven. Yeah. And that is really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But the beauty of it is that they are telling me all the things that they are willing to say no to right now. Yeah. But we also put all those other things on a list. It's not that you can never do those things. Mm -hmm. It's just that we are consciously making a decision that it's not right now. Right. Exactly. The, um, what was it? It was the 80, 20 principle. That book, it was, um, conscious neglect or I forget Mm. the, what, what it was is it, it but it's to that point where you need to say no to things in order to get things accomplished and then when it's time go back to to those to those other things yes so that's it's so powerful for sure mm-hmm. well let's get let's switch gears a little bit um 
now who who is this for like what who can who can benefit from from this system well i would say any business owner can benefit from it mm-hmm. um you know my consulting company vital consulting we there's three of us mm-hmm. and we still use all of the eos framework you know we have our vto mm-hmm. We have our weekly level 10 meetings. We have 90 day rocks. We have our scorecard. We follow the system. Um, You know, even someone who's just a solopreneur, like Mm -hmm. they can use a lot of these concepts. Some of the concepts are not going to apply because they're not managing people. And that's a big part of it. Mm -hmm. But um, all of the other ones that really help them clarify their vision and experience traction and stay focused and understand what they're saying no to and what numbers do they need to be focusing on each week all those things they can implement and start gaining all the benefits from the system. Mm-hmm. The, the, the target demographic for EOS, for our community are businesses that have between 10 and 250 employees. Gotcha. So that's the target demographic because these people have enough momentum where they've got problems. Mm-hmm. They've got, they've got people problems and they're feeling, they're feeling the chaos every day from not having this framework in place mm-hmm. and it's going to come in and completely revolutionize their business over the next six to 12 months. And so that's why that's the target clientele. Mm-hmm. But the thing I love about EOS is that all the principles, the concepts, the tools that these things have been around for a thousand years and they'll be around for a thousand more. It's nothing new. They've just packaged it all together in a way that makes sense for a company to start running on. Mm-hmm. Because, Definitely. you know, like you said, you can read good to great and learn about right people in the right seats. Yep. But the question is, how are you going to go start running your company differently tomorrow? Right. Right. And most people read these books and they walk away saying, Oh, that's a great concept. That was really challenging. That was great information. Yeah. But where does the rubber hit the road in terms of implementing these principles? Exactly. And that's what, that's what EOS does. Yeah. It's, it's, I love, I love reading books and all of those types of books. I don't read nonfiction. So it's, and I would take a book and I would get the concept. Um, and then I, I would I, try to implement it, but it's almost like you, it, it, you can't really get anywhere if you're just implementing one piece Right. You know, it's like you have to have the whole puzzle put together mm-hmm. in order to really move the needle on things. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's definitely something that, that, um, you know, I, and even with this phone call, listening to you describe the system, like that's kind of clicking and it's becoming more clear mm-hmm. that you really need all, all six components or it's, or, or you're going to have like a, a, a leak in the boat. So, and you, like you yeah, said, and you can, you can piecemeal and use what you want and have a better business mm-hmm. for sure. Like, I have friends who they, they read the book. I introduced them to the book. Mm-hmm. They love the system and they're just self-implementing it. And they, they don't do it fully, like to the full extent that I would if they were hiring me. Right. But their business is still better because mm-hmm. they read the book and they did some of it. Yeah. Most so definitely. like anyone who just wants to make their business better, like you're going to benefit and glean from implementing as much as you can. Yeah, Absolutely. So if I'm a, I'm a solo agent and, you know, I'm, I, I definitely feel the chaos, even though I don't have a team, you know, if talking about solo agents, um, how, how can this benefit them and what, um, if somebody's not really looking to scale right now uh, or build a team, like what, what, where, where does this position them if they can implement the, the, the system? Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, let me ask you that same question. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Well, certainly you're, you're in that world every day. You understand the business, you yeah. understand what these people are mm-hmm. going through. Like out of all the things that I've mentioned, um, how do you think that it would best apply? I feel like I'm being coached. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly um, just from somebody who's kind of going through it, cause I'm, I'm in the process of building um, a couple different aspects of, of my business um, and, and I'll be bringing on people very soon, probably mm-hmm. within the end of the month here. Um, what it's doing for me is it's, it's, it's given me like complete clarity on the vision mm-hmm. and the processes and moving forward so that as I bring people on, A, I can hire the right people that, mm-hmm. that share the vision and then, and, and B, we can, it, it's the expectations are very clear 
from the setup. Now I know I said somebody that's not looking to, to, to scale right away. It still brings so much clarity just by, like I said earlier, writing down goals, um, but not really digging into the meat of it or why you have that goal or how you're going to get there, making the, the, the actual action steps. You could find out that it's not actually your goal or it's not a goal that is, is that important, mm-hmm. but it just sounded good at the time kind mm-hmm. of, or, or, you know, there's, there's three other um, big time agents in your market that are doing this thing. So you think mm-hmm. it's, it's, that's something that you have to do to be mm-hmm. successful. And you realize it's that you're a, you're not passionate about it and you just, you're never going to be able to put hundred percent into it. Mm-hmm. So just writing all that stuff down and, and finding the clarity of, of where you want to go with your business, whether you want to grow or whether you want to just increase revenue or you want to get into a higher price point. I mean, there's so many different things just by um, just taking a day and sitting down and, and doing that vision tracker. Um, and, and then going through the rest of the, of the process, it's just going to bring so much clarity to, to your day to day and, and giving you that, that system to operate by. What do you feel like, you know, the average real estate agent, like outside of, just getting more listings, mm-hmm. right. And having more business. What do you feel like is their, their greatest challenge on average? Um, well, <laughs> how much time you got? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the, it depends. It depends on who you are, but I think the, it, like the, it's the, it's the thing. If you want to, if you want to grow your business or you either want to cut costs, um, sell more or get raise your raise your prices basically so the way real estate agents would raise their prices you know because we can't really say go in and say we want an eight percent commission on the sale of this house you have to get into the next the next price bracket so you got to increase the 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 sale price of the homes that you're that you're selling so if you're if you're in the the two hundred thousand dollar mark and you want it you're working hard and you're you're flat out you just couldn't possibly take on any more buyers or sellers, the one way to increase your revenue is to get up into the 350, mm-hmm. 350,000. So um, I don't know if that answers the question, but that's, that's kind of, I think that's a challenge is like hopping from, from one price bracket to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, and I think a uh, follow-up is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some people that are really great at follow-up, but most agents, once you get busy and you get, you, you start, um, instead of prospecting for leads, then you start servicing clients. And mm-hmm. there's a, it's, it's a challenge to continue to um, seek out new business mm-hmm. while you're servicing the, the, your, your current clients. So, and that's one of the reasons you, that you I die I, down I, on all those leading indicators that right. we're producing exactly that, that you're happy with. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely goes back to that, that keeping track, keeping the scorecard of those leading indicators, because you'll, you'll find that, you know, you just, you just had a killer month mm-hmm. and you got nothing in the pipeline for the next month. So, right. <laughs> you know, that's a, that's, that's a tricky. So I think that might be, those are, those are some of the, the biggest challenges. I think, I mean, it, it depends on every agent's going to give you a little bit different answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but those are certainly uh, I think common ones, you know, getting stuck mm-hmm. in, in a, in a certain price range um, and then, you know, get balancing the, the seeking new business and servicing current business. So yeah. So would you say that, you know, it's, it sounds like if you're just a solo agent, there's probably not too many, especially if you're with like a, a Remax or a Keller Williams or something like that, like there's probably not too much um, strain on like the process side of your business, because a lot of that's probably somewhat streamlined and taken care of. So for, for real estate agents, would you say the, the biggest challenge is just finding new opportunities? Like, the prospect and maintaining, like doing the right activities, even when you get busy. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that's, that's certainly the challenge, but I think it's um, like the process is you're, you're pretty much left to your own to, you can either seek out education and get that process or you, mm-hmm. they just let you, you're an independent contractor. So gotcha. you can just go and, and kind of flounder around and chase shiny objects and, and all mm-hmm. that. So um yeah, I think having ha- having the process is is will get you to the point where you are paying attention to seeking new business, mm-hmm. you know, going forward. And then, of course, the the other part of it is if you're not if you don't want to build a team, then g- you got to get some stuff off your plate, like admin mm-hmm. tasks that are 
that are, um, you know, I, I don't, for lack of a better description, like lower hourly rate type of stuff, mm-hmm. like uh, co- transaction coordinating and, or it's um, it, it just any like that admin stuff that you're, maybe mm-hmm. it's some, maybe it's taking care of your Facebook page or, or some marketing mm-hmm. building flyers, you know, if, if you, like, where would you be better served or how would you better serve your clients or, or be able to drum up more business? Is it sitting down to your computer, spending a couple hours making flyers for your listings, mm-hmm. or is it getting on the phone and calling people for new listings? So all the things have to be done, but it's a matter of like kind of delegating that, whether it's with a virtual assistant or transaction coordination, or just some, some other independent contractor that you can kind of delegate that those admin tasks to i think that's that's huge like once i started doing that it it, it freed up so much time hmm. um, where, to, where do you see that you know at what point would you advise a real estate agent to start uh strongly considering that option immediately, immediately. Right, right out of the gate yes most definitely and it is it goes it's so counterintuitive because you don't you don't have a lot of extra money to spend mm-hmm. But if you, if you really think about it, if you are committed to the rocks, which are, you know, having conversations because conversations lead to transactions, mm. then doing those admin tasks is, is not going to allow you to have those conversations. So really really out, out of the yeah. gate. I mean, should you know how to, how to, you know, organize your, your transactions and, and coordinate your, your documents and all that? Yeah, absolutely. But. I think the sooner you can get that stuff off your plate, hmm. the, the, the more time you'll, you'll have freed up to, to really focus on getting business and servicing the business that you have. The, the more you talk, I feel like the, the most helpful tool in the EOS framework for real estate agents would be the scorecard. Mm-hmm. So ha- having the, a weekly scorecard that you diligently check and, mm-hmm. and put in the right data and then it's all about finding what numbers make sense for you and your, your industry. So mm-hmm. for you all, it might be um, um, number of prospecting calls, number of uh, one-to-one networking meetings, mm-hmm. um, the number of cold calls, the number of social media posts, the number of whatever, like to, to come back face-to-face with yourself every single week and say, did I, did I take advantage of my time last week? Mm-hmm. Did I do the things that even though they may suck, like I, did I do the right <laughs> activities that are going to help me build my business or did I not? Right. Yeah. That's, that's in, in essence, that's what it is. hundred percent. It's a, it, and there's so many different ways to lead generate that it, people can kind of chase you. Like they'll, they'll do something for a couple of weeks and it doesn't work. So they'll try something mm-hmm. else and it yeah. doesn't work. So they try something else and they never get traction on any of it. So it's about consistency, keeping track for sure, keeping, mm-hmm. keeping that scorecard. And then, and knowing, and having the vision is really important too, right. because you, you, you have to have the faith. You have to have, you have to believe that what you're doing today is going to bear fruit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, all good things, all good things. So w- what do you, um, what would you suggest um, somebody who's, we kind of talked about this with somebody who is in a position where they are just starting to build a team or they're just starting to get some business. Like we, some investors listen to this podcast too. So if they're just starting to build uh, an investment team or mm-hmm. uh, a real estate team as an agent, like what, do you, what are the first steps that they should do besides reading the book? Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Read the book. Um, I would say, you know, don't, um, underestimate how soon you should, should start implementing some of the tools. Mm-hmm. Um, it's better to have a lot of these things in place that you bring those initial folks into mm-hmm. than to, I remember when, you know, early on in my business that, that I started in 2008, we, we would have this mentality of, well, when we're there, then we'll do this. Yeah. Right. Rather yeah. than like, let me go ahead and start dressing as if I'm a million dollar business. Right. Right. Let me go ahead and start showing up to consultations. Like I have an amazing office space. Like let me start doing the things now based on what I want to look like and feel like, and be like 
five years down the road. And so I would say, treat your business the same way. Don't slack on how you're developing the framework and how the business works um, because you feel like that's something, something that will come down the road years later after you have the people to put into the framework. Yeah. So I would just say, you know, start sooner than later and um, bring, bring people into that process. Yeah, that's great advice for sure. I know we're kind of running out of time here. So get real quick. Um, I guess the, the sequel to transit uh, to traction is uh, rocket fuel. So just give us the, the quick cliff notes on, on rocket fuel. Yeah. So rocket fuel is a great book mm. um, on the accountability chart for, which is basically an org chart. If you're familiar with that, except mm. there's five bullet points um, in each box that outline kind of the lane for that function. Mm-hmm. Like what, what are, what are the high level ac- accountabilities for that, that box? And so, but the, we assume that there are, you know, primary functions of the business, sales, marketing, operations, you know, finance, but then above that, there's one called the integrator. They're mm-hmm. kind of the general manager, CEO. They're the glue of the business. They run the day-to-day, manage mm-hmm. all the major functions. But then 50% of the time, we find businesses have another function above the integrator called the visionary. Mm-hmm. And so what Rocket Fuel does is it's, it, it talks only about the relationship between the integrator and the visionary, right? Because Mm -hmm. those two personalities couldn't be more different from each other. One is love staying 30,000 feet all the time. Like they have 20 new ideas every time they come to a meeting, they have big relationships. You know, they're just always thinking ahead Mm -hmm. and the integrator, they're more, you know, analytical and they're managing the day to day. They're more realistic and data driven. Mm -hmm. And they sometimes will take the ideas of the visionary and be like, we can't do that. Like you need to stop daydreaming (laughs) (laughs) because So, so the book rocket fuel just talks about how to create a super healthy relationship and dynamic when you have a visionary and an integrator running a business. Mm -hmm. Do you, would you say that it's necessary to have both a visionary and an integrator to run a business? I would say, no, it's not necessary. I would say that it can be helpful, Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely not necessary. Gotcha. And I'm just thinking for the for the people that are kind of just just starting out there, you know, I don't want anybody to get bogged down in the in that idea that, oh, then what is this? There's another level. I got to find a visionary. I got to find an integrator. Like yeah. it, that'll that that should be like an organic thing that'll that'll somewhat organic right. that well, you meet these people. I found that a lot of entrepreneurs are um, can actually be pretty good at both. Like mm-hmm. I would consider myself to be somewhat equal in terms of integrator skill sets and visionary skill sets, maybe a little Mm -hmm. bit more visionary, but I have Mm -hmm. the ability to do both fairly well. But there are, there are many entrepreneurs that they're visionaries. That's the reason they started the business. They know how to influence, they know how to get get buy-in, they know how to lead and they know how to, you know, inspire people toward a vision. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to managing people and managing the day-to-day, like, they, their new ideas cause organizational whiplash. Oh yeah. So you're just like constantly going back and forth because they can never stay focused. Yeah. I've worked for and that. So, guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, awesome person who's just tough to, tough to work for, <laughs> for sure. Totally. Yeah. But well, thanks. This, this has been great. Um, this is yeah, I agree. Been one of my favorite topics for sure. Um, I guess what's, um, where, if someone wants to talk a little bit more about, um, EOS with you, or maybe if they want to kind of um, learn about your, your consulting or your coaching, where would we find you? Yeah. So you can go to the website, which is vitlconsulting.com, vital with no A. Um, and my name is John. You can reach me at J-O-N at vitalconsulting.com. So of course I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and all that fun stuff too. The usuals, the usual suspects. The usuals. <laughs> awesome. Well, is there, is there anything it, uh, do you want to leave us with, or is there anything that we, is there something that I should have asked you that I didn't? Um, I don't, I don't think so. You know, it's pretty uh, good. I, yeah. I would say, you know, just have really spend time developing your business owner mindset. Mm-hmm. Like 
most people want to start their own business, but most people don't want to develop the skill sets necessary to really lead and manage a company. And it's totally different. And that's where, that's where people get in trouble is they have this dream of owning their own thing and not working for the man. And I can, I I can do this on my own. Right. Mm -hmm. Like people say that every day, but building a healthy company is a lot of work and it's a totally different way of thinking and skill set than doing the work in the business. And so um, just really, really focus on managing your mind and building the skill sets to manage and lead a company. Mm-hmm. Even if you're starting out and it's just you. Yeah. Cause if you're a great, if you're a great baker and you, you but of course I, I just use Baker because my wife likes to bake cookies a lot and she's, she's great at it much better than me. Lucky, lucky man. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends on, on how you look at it. <laughs> I gotta do, I gotta run an extra few miles here and there, but, right. um, and people have said, Oh, you should open a bakery. You should open a bakery. And of course she's like, she's a nurse. So she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to own a business. They just enjoy baking. Mm-hmm. So, but that's, it's definitely the, the, um, a shift. If you could be great at baking, mm-hmm. you really enjoy baking. You could want to make money out of baking, but then you know, getting starting to open up a business is a whole different thing where you have to really mm-hmm. um, learn about the income and you mm-hmm. know, supplies and miss a whole bunch of other stuff that we could talk about. It's a whole other podcast for sure. Have but you read the E-Myth? I have not read the E-Myth, but it is on my list of books to read. And I've, I know so that, that was the, that was the first business bit. book I read and it completely like I read that book and I was like, wow, everything I thought I knew about business is wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, I've, I've heard it, people it, talk about it for sure. Yeah. I know the yeah. concept of it. Yeah. it. It's like traction. I'd say it's a little bit more high level than traction, mm-hmm. but, um, but it basically categorizes three different personalities in the business. Mm-hmm. There's the technician, the manager, and the entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And they say the reason that most businesses fail is because technicians who are good at doing the work of the business mm-hmm. leave and they try to become managers and entrepreneurs. And, um, you just got to be really, really careful with that. Yeah, most definitely. Well, this has been good. I think we're, we're a little over time, but it's all, all good stuff. So thank cool. you so much, John. I, I really appreciate you having on. Um, this is definitely one that I, I'm certainly going to listen to a few times because it's a, it's such good. And I'm a huge fan. If you haven't read the book out there, get, get traction, read it, do yourself a favor um, and, you know, start implementing some of this stuff. It's definitely going to take you to, the next the next level for sure so thanks again john yeah thank you very much all righty